And so I think that was really my start of getting uh, a knowledge or an understanding of the prophetic. It has come in time and season and then I've had different people speak into my life or call me out and say that this is something that I walk in. Mm -hmm. And I think the main thing for me was backing it up with scripture, really understanding scripture, teaching. Hello and welcome to the Burning Hearts podcast. This is Nate and I'm one of the pastors here at Burning Hearts Church. And today we have a special guest that we're interviewing. It's Cindy Skorik. Why don't you say hello, Cindy? Hello. I am so excited to be here today and to visit with Pastor Nate and to share some of my background and some of my life with you. Awesome. Well, thank you for for coming, Cindy. And if you're out there listening and you don't know who Cindy is, uh, she is a healthcare executive and she is a founding member of of Burning Hearts Church. She's been here uh, since the beginning. Uh, I have many great memories of, of prayer times with her in Pastor Jana's house and, and even before she had a, a powerful influence on my life when I was in college. So, I'm excited to interview her. So why don't we we jump in uh, just with a little bit of a fun question? I I found out uh, just a couple of weeks ago that you were on a trip to Hawaii, and it was your first time there. Is that correct? Yes, I was in Maui about a week and a half ago, and it was on my bucket list. So I was able to go there for a week with a great friend. That's awesome. What was what was your highlight from the trip? Kind of one of your favorite things. Well, anytime you can go on a trip with one of your best friends, I think that's always a highlight. And I'm very much a beach girl. I love the water and the beach, the ocean. Anytime I can sit by the ocean, I think it just is such a fun experience. And the snorkeling was pretty amazing as well. The people in Hawaii are lovely, they're family. And I think just experiencing new culture is always one of the highlights for me. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I've been to Hawaii a couple times, and it's a, the life is life is a little bit slower there, which is which is kind of nice sometimes. I even commented that it's easy to do emails on the beach, and you definitely slow down. It just automatically happens to you. And when you're a Type A personality, it's it's fun to have some downtime as well and just naturally chill. That's good. That's good. Well, let's let's talk a. A little bit about your history and specifically your history with Jesus when we interview people mm-hmm. um, that's that's really what we love to get into is because everybody has a an amazing story uh, with the Lord so tell us tell us about your history with Jesus when did you um, come to know him what was that like for you well in my life I grew up in the Lutheran Church and had a very strong foundation in that, was confirmed in the Lutheran Church, baptized in the Lutheran Church. Uh, When I was 12, I liked Sunday school very much, and so I was asked to teach a Sunday school class. And then we had a junior league where we did a number of things, such as we had uh, pancake and uh, fundraisers and things like that. So I, I would say I was barely involved. I remember the day that I was confirmed, my aunt, who was a very special person in my life, was so excited for me that I had gotten confirmed. And then what happened in my journey as I was married and raising children, I was in the assembly church Mm -hmm. in another city. And I, so I had history of 
knowing who God was and being in a, a pretty conservative church. So mm-hmm. when I started in the assembly church and really getting involved there, what what was interesting is we had a gentleman come who was an evangelist. Yeah. And it happened for me, as I'm sure it does for a lot of people, he asked anyone that would want to commit their life to Jesus and really call in the name of the Lord. Yeah. They'd be saved and you would just dedicate your entire life to him. And I was 25 at the time. I had just had my second child, and my arms just automatically just raised up. Wow. It wasn't that one of those experiences where you could not even imagine that was going to happen to you that day. So yeah. I went up. I was one of a few people that went up. And from there on, I would say I was very much on fire for the Lord. Awesome. I was fortunate that I got to be with a group of friends who love the Word of God, and so Mm -hmm. we studied the Word. We had Bible study. And then the other thing that happened to me is we had someone come to the church, a visiting pastor, and he asked if anyone wanted to receive the Holy Spirit. Again, my hand went up and I (laughs) ran to the front. I find myself at the front altars a lot. It's a good place to be. It is such a good place to be. And he purposely kept pointing at me and said, just say, speak. Holy Spirit is on you and just speak speak what the Holy Spirit is giving you. And I I got my heavenly language or tongues. And he kept saying to me again. And it's been like that in my life where God has always highlighted times in my life and the people that have entered my life to to bring the some of those gifts. And then I think the other thing that was very profound for me in my in my walk with the Lord is we our pastor went to Brownsville to experience the revival. Yeah. And I was still in the same church. It was where I was raising my children, my husband farmed there. We had many friends in the church. And he went to Brownsville and he came back and it was an evening service where we I was loved going to church, the the morning service, the evening service, we were there. Mm -hmm. And what happened that evening is he played one of the videos. You know how videos can be so anointed, Nate? They're so anointed. And this was about, you know, again, a call to grace and a call to Jesus at the Brownsville Revival. And he just, I was sitting in my chair and literally I felt my body raising up. Mm -hmm. I was so impacted by the video. And then the pastor asked anyone that wanted to come up and and just receive what he had received, you know, that transfer of anointing and that impartation. And when I went up, then he imparted and I, I experienced just a full anointing of what that revival created in terms of love of the Father and the Father's love back to. And it was one of the first times that I was slain and the Spirit just went down, Mm. was with the Lord, would get up, down again, would get up. And it was just one of the most profound times of my Lord of really experiencing fully what that's like to just be so so surrendered, but also the, the power of impartation. Yeah, that's amazing. And amazing that it can come through a video and and then through a man through through your pastor it was it was interesting i was just studying um the moves of the spirit through the uh, 20th century so the 1900s and kind of at the tail end of that was toronto the toronto outpouring that happened at the airport fellowship there and then brownsville down in florida and it's really interesting it there's a circuitous route to to florida where a um pastor from England came to Toronto and received an impartation 
went back to England and then somehow carried that to um, Kilpatrick and, and Hill down in Brownsville. And, and that started that. And so it went from, from Toronto to England to Florida and just, and then to Fargo. <laughs> and so amazing, amazing what the Holy Spirit can do. So thank you for sharing that. I, I don't think I'd heard some elements of, of your story. So just wonderful how, how, um, the Lord in a lot of ways almost bypassed your thinking in, in those uh, areas of receiving him and receiving the Holy Spirit. It's, almost, it's like in those moments, you're just led by the Spirit. Is that kind of what it felt like to you? Very much so. And it's the reason why I ended up in Fargo and meeting um, Pastor Jaina and uh, Dr. Ted is, and as you mentioned, being in their home is I, when I that happened to me, I, I went with a group of friends to Fargo to assembly, and there was a women's retreat with some of the leaders from Brownsville. And that was, I experienced again, a powerful move of God and decided I was moving to wow. Fargo. So my husband was farming and ranching, and I had a position there, and I basically said, no, I'm moving here and took a, posi- a different position and kind of uprooted my life. But you yeah. know, when that cloud moves and you feel so called. And then when I was helping with the second conference and ushering, I was just doing, you know, was asked if I would usher, minding my own business, I thought, and the power of God hit me and I was out for hours and, you know, kind of dragged along um, <laughs> by some of the other ushers. And it was, again, one of those times, you know, God sneaks up and surprises you in amazing ways. Yes, he does. Um, but what it does, it fills you again with the love, just yeah. his love and his power. And the other thing is, it calls you to a place where you just want to serve him. Yes. That's that's your heart is, you know, anything for you. I will go anywhere. I will do anything, whatever you say, because you kind of knock that intellect and all those, You, as you said, you buy, he bypasses us and gets right to our heart. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, that's an amazing story, and we are so glad that you <laughs> that you said yes, that you you followed the the cloud like the Israelites did in the in the wilderness to to Fargo, and so it's it's so good to have you. So let's let's move on. I want to talk a little bit um, about what you what you do now. You're kind of on the tail end of of a career in healthcare. Um, is that something you've always done, or or kind of tell us? Tell us how your career has unfolded throughout time. Yeah, again, there were some interesting moments where I started working as a volunteer in healthcare when I was 18 uh, and going to university. And I started with some clinical work. So I did clinical work for a number of years, but kind of rapidly did supervision for of others, clinical training, and then became a department uh, leader. And the other thing is I was really, I like to build and take programs or services and really expand. And I was given a lot of different opportunities. Mm-hmm. And most recently for Sanford and previously Maricare, I was I have been in a role of leading service lines and one of the on the executive team. And so I've really been in that place of healthcare and healthcare leadership for a number of years. I look back on that. In some ways that clinical time was was really fun and cool. felt like a little less pressure even maybe at yeah. times. And I that was kind of a natural, I think, gift or talent where I was able to uh, counsel and help people but felt like I was really called into that leadership realm and was seeing how I could serve as a leader and help 
uh, build and always remember what the mission was, was for that person in front of us to care for them and, and really lift up and help others to really reach their potential and their roles throughout the people that I've led. That's amazing. So a question I like to ask of, of different people that we interview on the podcast is, is really how, how do you integrate your faith or a better way I like to say it is how do you bring the kingdom um, to the hospital, to the, to the arena of, of healthcare? What does that look like for you throughout your, your years in your career? And I know that it always says in the Word of God, which I believe is seek first the kingdom of God, and then all those things will be added unto you. Mm -hmm. So I believe that God gives answers, and sometimes it's in the form of a strategy that you're needing and making a decision that sometimes can be difficult to make. I think one of the main ways that I see is that really I was given a passion for the work that I did. And I think uh, even sometimes the supernatural energy to, to do as much as I was asked or required to do. The other thing is I felt like my, my primary role really was to raise up others or to pull out yeah. the talent or the gold in others. And I would say I've hired hundreds and hundreds of people over the years. And I always look for one thing, and that was the talent. You know, tell me about you. Where did you start? In fact, I just finished an interview for someone not too long ago today. And I always like to say, start at the very beginning. I want to know about you and Mm. what was your first position and why this and why now. And I think that has probably given me the most uh, joy and feeling like that's kingdom is helping people be successful and really find their their role, their place. And then I think just, you know, when I when I walk halls or when I'm, you know, in different places or different buildings, I always I pray over those places. I pray yeah. over the people. I pray over the patients. I pray over the things that we uh, we are encountering and just pray the peace, you know, the love of Jesus, the peace. And that peace that passes sometimes understanding of where what we have to experience. And I think especially in the last couple of years with uh, when we experienced a lot of difficulties in healthcare with yeah. COVID. And I think for many people between their family and work, it was extremely difficult. And I think we have a hope and we have an answer. Yeah. And, you know, there's no fear. And I think that was helpful as as things around me happened i you you i think you're given a grace in that mm-hmm. that you are able to you know continue and and hopefully bring some some humor sometimes the situation but when there's sadness you grieve with those that grieve right and many situations where i found myself just kind of grieving with others who had losses or were really feeling very broken hearted over situations and then, you know, sometimes people just need a love or a hug. Right. And that's sometimes uh, how you show kingdom is with those acts of kindness or being kind to people. And I think being interested in them, I mm-hmm. think that always brings out something that you then have a chance to share, you know, Jesus or share your hope with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, in, <clears throat> I mean, what I'm hearing from your story a little bit is that you were you were shepherding you were pastoring, pastoring in your leadership position, and and that is so needed from from all the believers out there because we carry we carry a different kingdom inside of us, and and sometimes it's it's a bit counter cultural to the the kingdoms of this world, 
And so it's important to, to know who is inside of you as you're, as you're walking the, the halls of your job or, or sitting in the offices. And, and it doesn't always look like, you know, signs and wonders when you're, when you're sitting at your, your desk. Sometimes it looks like the things that, that uh, Cindy was talking about. And I can say from my own experience, it was, it was the same. It was, okay, I'm, I'm bringing the kingdom with me. I'm speaking peace over these situations. I'm asking the Holy Spirit for wisdom on decisions. I'm loving people. And, and that is a kingdom. So, and I think, yeah, that's, I think that's a really good summary. And I think the other piece of it is really honoring your leaders, yep. you know, honor them, mm-hmm. serve under them. I was very fortunate. The people that um, were brought into my life and I always felt like I, my job was to serve them and make sure that problems didn't get to them, that that was my job to yeah. try to do the best I could for them. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I had a, um, a principle that I, I tried to operate at with my my old career, and it, I called it the superstar principle. And it was try to look, try to make those above you look like superstars, and make try to make those who work under you look like superstars. And so as you're serving those uh, above you, um, and and you're you're covering and you're helping those below you, so they look brilliant and. And if you do that, everything else will take care of itself in your in your career. Put it that way. Yeah, that's a great principle. We actually talk about that as far as managing up. Mm-hmm. Make that person that you're working alongside of look really good. The people above you, and like you said, the people that you are have some leadership over. Your your role is to help them be as successful, and that superstar is yeah. is a great way. Yeah. And you know with. I think kingdom is doing all things with excellence. Yeah, it is. And I think that's one of the things that I see in Burning Hearts and the Burning Heart pastors and leaders is let's do this with excellence because Jesus did all things with excellence. Yes, he did. Yeah. Amazing. Um, So you obviously are very high up in leadership. His leadership, well, you kind of alluded to it in your in your story that you were asked to do some leading when you're 12. Is being a leader just who you are, who you've always been, or has it been something you've had to develop a lot over the years? How, how has that journey been for you? I think sometimes we have those natural gifts where administratively things can click mm-hmm. and it isn't difficult to to think through strategy. Strategy is one of my top, I think, talents. So I think there were some of those abilities. That is something that is developed. Uh, I went, got additional school. I've been in leadership academies. And I think what it does is it refines some of those. Mm -hmm. And then it allows you to even change some of your course in leadership. So I think it was both. I think there was some ability there. And then it was that refining and when you reach a point where, you know, for me, I always wanted to grow and I wanted to learn. And yeah. the other thing is I found I like to surround myself with people much smarter than me. Mm-hmm. It always pulled me up. Yeah, That was the other thing that I, that I learned is really learn from other people. And it only creates more love and passion for learning and growing and be, being a better person, better leader, and again, serving where you're called to serve. Yeah, that's really good. <clears throat> so you've been been high up in leadership and you you've done it as a woman and I always look at you when Cindy walks in the room I'm just like, "Oh, she's such a powerful woman," but at the same time you have this 
this gentleness and it's like in some ways you're you're like a grandma to my kids um and so has it been difficult to be a woman in in leadership and what advice or what encouragement can you give to other women who find themselves in in places of leadership which unfortunately is is the minority in in a lot of places well, the first thing I want to say is I'm drawn to your children. I want to go over there and touch them and see them every every week. They're they're so beautiful. I I have a love for children. I think you know, being a mother and a grandmother probably has been my greatest role in my life in terms of where you might think about leading. And I would say for women, one of the things, and very smart people have said this to me, and I have said this to other women, is always seat at the, get a seat at the table. Yeah. You know, we, we know in Scripture the least of us and that you, Jesus asked you then to step up into that next place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we walk in a place of humility. Yeah. And I think you, you do that humility with also the ideas that you have to be at the table. Mm-hmm. Do you have to participate? Yeah. You have to put yourself in that and because you have something that you need to contribute or you have something to say or you just need to be at the table because you're going to learn and observe from others so i would say that is probably one of the number one things that i have learned over the years is make sure you have a seat Mm -hmm. and sometimes or i've asked you know is this a place where i can be a part of a committee, a group, something that I could learn or expose myself to from a leadership perspective. Maybe it's something on finance that I've never had a chance to be on a committee related to finance. And I think so you, you ask for those assignments, you ask for those other places of participation, and then deliver on it, you know, do your part. Be ready. I always say, show up ready. It's same thing when you sh- when I come to, you know, church on Sunday. I'm I need to be fully prepared, full of Him, so that I can come and serve Him and then pour out. And I think that's what you do. You you do the assignments or the pre work. You know what's going on. You miss you meet your deadlines. And I think those are the things that then help you to move into that next step. And I always encourage uh, women to, you know, take a course, take a class and take something out of the realm of what you know. You know, if I've never painted, I took a painting class. People said I was creative. I thought, I don't know if I'm creative. (laughs) I know stick people. I took a class. I met other people, made other connections. So I think those are the things that really can help you in that. And then know who is in your life that can really help mentor you into that and can speak truth to you, but also speak life into the places where you may want to advance. I think uh, never be afraid to say that I I need to take care of my family now and I'm putting this piece on hold. Mm-hmm. You know, when I went back to school, my children were uh, grade school and just entering into junior high. And that was quite a commitment to sit down and say, this is something I feel I need to do. And I'll take a start with one class and uh, teaching them how to call for pizza on a Tuesday night because I was <laughs> I was going to be in class. And you just, but you take it, I always tell people, take it one class at a time. Take it one step at a time. You can do anything for a year yeah. that's required or in front of you. And then you decide at the end of that, yes, I'm, I think I'll take that next step. Mm-hmm. So those are just some of the things that I would practically say. Yeah, that's, that's really great. That's great advice. And part of what I was kind of, Picking up from what you're saying at the beginning, uh, that that scripture that that tells us, you know, when there when there's a, a table in front of you, take the lowest seat. 
um, so you can be elevated uh, instead of you having to be humiliated and, and brought to the, the place of, of least honor or lower honor. Um, but what you're saying about having, know that you have a seat at the table, it's like you need to be confident in, in who you are and what you have to offer, but also be humble. And you can be both at the same time. And, and I think sometimes we have this idea, well, I can't be confident and humble at the same time. No, you, you absolutely can. And I think that's what you were talking about. So I appreciate that. Um, so you're in a big transition coming up in your life. Um, I'll let you share that if you'd like. But if not, how, how have you been processing that with God? And, and what is he speaking to you in this season? Yeah, it's really interesting. I often find myself not necessarily like to talk about myself. And so this transition has been a little tricky for me. I am leaving my position and it is considered retirement or what you would normally say, well, I'm going to retire from this type of work. Yeah. But I don't I don't personally believe in retirement. I don't think I'll ever retire. Yeah. And one of the, the things for me is knowing that that season in my life is is come to a close and I think I've contributed what I needed to. And now for me is devoting myself to some of the things that I feel very called to. I Even the time that I need to spend with my family and some of the yeah. things that my family needs. And then I think this opportunity to have energy to do ministry or other ways, uh, the fact my, my grandsons tease me that I'll have to start a bake shop or a business because we can't get fat on all the baked goods that you like to do. I love to cook and do things like that for my family, for people. So I find myself feeling really kind of uh, energized. And a friend of me gave me a new cookbook yesterday. Because the other thing I want to do is take some additional cooking classes. It was so funny. And this cooking book was like, I was just paging through it. Oh, my goodness, I can get my cooking books out and do some of that. And so sometimes you want to bless people with food and fellowship and some of that. And the other thing is I, I've had kind of a desire to do more in terms of um, education yeah. and uh, do some additional thoughts around do I want to do another degree? What would that look like? So those are some of the transition places that wow. I'm in right now in my life. And so it's it's very different. I, I literally have about a week and a half and I've devoted a lot of my life to my career. Mm-hmm. And so this is, people ask me last night, are you going to miss it? And I go, the people, the work and some of that. But I said, it just feels like the season is right. And it was something that I prayed about for months yeah. where you know, and I know you had given me two words twice about leaping mm-hmm. and uh, God words. And I've always paid attention to those God words because his timing is always so right. Mm-hmm. And it's precious when you receive God words and it's confirming. And then it's also just a grace on it to yeah. say, yeah, this is this is okay. And there's always this sense of you want to finish well, yeah. you know, whatever you got to set you to. So that is the transition that I'm actually approaching very soon. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing and and just your your vulnerability there. But I think just what you're, uh, how you're processing it with the Lord, and just the the excitement and and the the hope that you um, shared in in what you're looking at will help anybody listening that's going through similar transition or even what they might consider a more difficult decision or transition is that there's always 
some some we have just a, an amazing hope in the Lord and that he always has something good in transition. Um, so that's that's really good. Um, well, you, you mentioned uh, words a little bit and some things I had shared with you. I couldn't sit down and have a conversation with you um, on a podcast without talking about the prophetic. So because you are just so prophetic, I was even thinking about it. I think one of the maybe the first or very first prophetic words I had was from you um, back in our our old church. I was in college and I remember just getting blasted by the power of God and just the the weight of um, this this word that you had for me. Um, and, and the prophetic is so much of the culture that we have here at Burning Hearts and and what we're wanting to to build in even greater measure. And you're a big part of that. Um, so tell me a little bit about your journey in the prophetic. That's another one of those those things I think in our life where you know people have spoken to me about being creative and I think God's voice and hearing from God really started for me when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. You're the the Bible, the Word of God becomes alive. Yeah. Literally, you can read it and hear the voice of God. You can have revelation. And so I think that was really my start of getting uh, a knowledge or an understanding of the prophetic. And I would say in in the church where I was at the time, we didn't focus a lot on prophetic. We were very focused on the Word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's been something where it it has come in time and season. And then I've had different people speak into my life or call me out and say that this is something that I walk in. Mm-hmm. And I think the main thing for me was backing it up with scripture, really understanding yeah. scripture, teaching. Several years ago, it was probably, it would be 17 years, the Lord told, spoke. It was an audible voice to me that said, go get equipped. Wow. And one of the first places I went was to the healing school in Toronto and other places. So I was around prophetic culture and prophetic people. I've gone to prophetic conferences and it was being really trained, but also trained by hearing God's voice. And so that's really what's happened for me in -hmm. that journey with the prophetic. And I think at times, even at Burning Hearts, we've had and prophetic events and other things. And I think, it, you know, I understand that I'm the postman. You know, <laughs> I listen to God, hear from God, and I deliver that message. And I think everyone wants a word from the, from the Father. Oh, yeah. I mean, it changes lives, it opens up things, and it draws you always mm-hmm. to Him. And so I've had a unique opportunity to speak into people's lives with the prophetic and and step out, mm-hmm. I think, in the prophetic and be able to. But what I always do is the first thing I do is I ask, I just empty myself out. I just say, Lord, I submit myself completely and totally to you. And the second thing I ask him, what does he have for this person? Yeah. What's the word? What's the gift? And he always gives it. Yeah. The other thing is, I think as time has gone on, sometimes I get really a little, the what I get from the Lord might be a word, a phrase. I've gotten more in terms of colors, different specific things about someone. But also sometimes it gives you things that you think, this is so wild. It would only <laughs> come from the Lord. And yeah. if I give this, does this mean anything? And again, you deliver it and then you tell them to take it to the Lord. That's awesome. And so that's really, I think, how that has changed for me as as I've you know dealt with the prophetic and 
put some things together. And then I've been pushed out by, you know, pushed out, really stretched by when I've gone to different events and mm -hmm. who I feel are prophetic leaders, where you then just, you you literally step out in that and give that. Because you don't know, the Lord always backs up his word. And if that word is truth for that person, the scripture will come. The other thing that I find is God does give me scripture for people. Yeah. And I really enjoy that being able to say, um, whether I'm in prayer or worship night or something, all of a sudden God gives me something and it is that exact scripture that is for that person. I've had people do that to me, write it on a piece of paper, give it to me, and I still carry those things in my Bible. Yeah. The other thing that I've learned to do over the years is when there is, say, we have a speaker or someone that comes to our church and they have a word of the Lord for over burning hearts or over the pastors, I write those things down and I have that scripture in my Bible and I bring those things out and we break the seals over that. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like it's been a while and that word, you've hung onto that word, hung onto it and hung onto it, but you pray it, you pray it with your with your friends, your fellow believers, and all of a sudden it's a, it's a word in due season and mm -hmm. it comes to pass. That's so and good. I think we should write down those things that come to pass as well. Yeah. And some people dream prophetically. I will go in seasons where I have dreams, prophetic dreams, and then seasons where I, I don't dream as much. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another way that I think sometimes the prophetic operates in us. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. That was a, a, a lot of richness right there in, in your personal walk in the prophetic. Um, so you, you talked about dreams. You've talked about uh, God speaking to you through scripture. Would you say primarily when you're receiving a word for someone else, does it come sort of visual in the sense of um, a sanctified imagination is the way I like to talk about it? Or do you see open visions? Or do you feel impressions? Or do you hear the still small voice? Or all of the above? What? How does it work for you? Yeah, I, I would say the still small voice I do hear at times. And Sometimes it feels very audible, sometimes very silent. Mm -hmm. I've also, one of the things that happens is it can be more of an impression where you get a picture. Mm -hmm. You can be sitting somewhere and sailboat comes in and why am I thinking about a sailboat? Yeah. And I just, what I do is I, I literally just try to quiet my mind so that I can hear and then I'll ask. And it says we know in part and we see in part. That's so right. sometimes what happens, I'll get pieces of it and I'll ask God, is this the time to release it? And sometimes it's yes and sometimes it's no. And then what happens, I'll get more. Whenever you ask, it says you have not because you ask not. Yeah. He gives you the rest of that or he'll give you the interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. So I've found that that works as well mm -hmm. for me in terms of just really asking him about it. I have had open visions where I've seen very clearly things that were a part of whether I was with somebody else or God was showing me, even in terms of other nations and very open about what I was seeing and visualizing. And that that doesn't happen all the time, but that has happened for me. Mm -hmm. And then I think one of the things that I find is when I'm in, in worship nights or different things like that, during worship, I really do receive things from the Lord, yeah. whether it's word of knowledge or something for someone specifically. 
And then I ask him if that's the time to be able to release that. And I've been really thinking about in, you know, in Acts 2 and Joel 2, and it says, you know, the Lord says that I will pour out of my spirit. Mm -hmm. And it says, I will pour out my spirit on my sons and my daughters and they shall prophesy. And then in that scripture, because of course, Peter is standing up in boldness and declaring it's a prophetic word and it's prophetic understanding. And it's a message for us now today. And that he will show wonders in the heavens and signs on the earth. Mm -hmm. And we talk about wonders and signs and it's in the scripture and it's that prophetic picture from all the way from Isaiah to Joel to Acts. And it says, this is what happened to us when the spirit falls on us. And then it says, as our sons and daughters prophesy, and in that same day, those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's a complete picture. And I think the prophetic is a complete picture that brings people to the Lord. If you share a word or or a prophecy or something over them, that will draw them to the Lord. Because yeah. it just, your heart is so soft and you can't imagine, how could I possibly have this word? This came so, this is so clear and so accurate, it can only come from one place. And yeah. that's from the heart of the that's Father. Yeah. And that treasure, you yeah. know, there's a treasure for us. And it says he's going to reveal his secrets to yeah. his servants. And that's we get to, but we ask. And I think that's really important is to ask for that word for that person. Yeah. And I think then God gives you, and you, as I mentioned, you're you're kind of you you deliver the post, yeah. And then you say, take it to the Lord yeah, and exactly. see. Let and I've process. had, yeah, yeah, you know, the burning hearts uh, in the church, and you being here, and all of that's happened was a prophetic word. Yeah. Someone gave a group of us a prophetic word, and you hang on to those and you encourage each other. That's right. It is to edify and it is to encourage. Yeah. And it's a beautiful part of you know what we're called to do. Yeah, that's so amazing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your heart on that. And um, yeah, just your your heart of the Father in, in releasing the prophetic and and that's what it's all about. So so thank you for that. If you ever want someone to give you a word, just come find Cindy, right? <laughs> I, I would love to pray with anyone and ask what uh, what God has for them and what the Father has and and be able to, to that's just one of my true, you know, passions. And I think again the word of the Lord backs that up every time. That's so right. Thank you, Nate. Yeah, awesome. So let's uh, transition just into some some fun questions to close. Um, so one thing for people who know you and who have seen you, you you have a style and you have a fashion sense that's that's just you. Um, how how did you get into that? Have you always been that way? Well, my I I think I drove my mom a little a little batty with that because I was always very particular about yeah. things and whether things match or didn't match. I think I always kind of had a love for that, and at one point I thought I would go into fashion. Really, um, I was able to a couple times make a couple mer- commercials, do a little bit of modeling um, many years back, and so I just kind of enjoyed that and. I know it's interesting when when you know we've been at different conferences and you have prophetic time and people always some of the the children that have prayed over me have brought that up as well. 
And we've kind of talked about, wouldn't it be fun to just have a store full of glory colos? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've always enjoyed. I think that's just something that kind of I'm drawn to or yeah. is fun for me. Maybe that's part of my creative side that I've had so many prophetic words over. <laughs> there you go. Never know in this next <laughs> yeah. season what might happen. Um, so you just traveled to Hawaii like we talked about. What's what's next on your 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 travel bucket list? Well, I I have a, a sister who is uh, retired, and we've we've done a, just a little bit of traveling. So I've been encouraging her to travel more. So we'll do a we'll do a cruise in the fall. Nice. Um, I've done a, a cruise before into Europe, so that's one of the things. And then I have a son that's out in LA. I have a daughter here in Fargo, so I I do enjoy a couple of trips there. And so I'll do one more trip for some wedding dress shopping since he's engaged. Oh, and so nice. I've got a couple of things on my radar. Cool. that I want to do in the next, I would say, next few months. And yep. then I, I also know that, you know, with um, with now some of the, the changes where we're kind of post some of the season with illness, COVID, all that, that I would I would really enjoy doing a mission trip as well in the future. So awesome. where God calls on that, I would, that would be also a place that I'd like to do. Cool. That's really fun. Um, I think I might know the answer to this, but I, I might be wrong. But I'd like to ask you, what is your favorite animal and why? Well, when I was brought up, we did not, we were not allowed to have animals. In fact, animals were a frightening thing. Okay. My dad was an expert horseman, gave up horses for my mom. Wow. Um, that was true love. And so I had an aunt who tried to bring animals to us, like chickens and rabbits. <laughs> and we it just never worked. <laughs> And so then I have my children love animals. My daughter, I was didn't really like cats, allergic, so she would kind of find a farm cat. Um, but dogs, I would have to say, um, okay. my daughter has three dogs, and my son had a had a dog for years, and big happy puppies who come running at you, jumping on you, and they're huge and they want to sit on your lap. I've <laughs> kind of gotten to where I, I enjoy that. Okay. So I, I have to say, since I have, my children have, have had dogs, that I better say dogs. Okay. Okay. I was wondering, I knew you, I knew your, your dad was an expert horseman, yeah. so I wondered if you were going to go with horses, but no, it's so great. It's amazing uh, how much joy uh, an animal uh, it's God's creation and how they can bring joy to us. So oh, they they do, and they're just truly they are man's best friend. I watch my youngest uh, Aiden with his dog, and it's just hilarious when he's carrying him around. Yeah, my dad, I didn't I didn't inherit that. We would go riding yeah. in the Badlands, and I rolled in a stream with a horse. <laughs> my dad was not impressed. Okay, um, so Bad sometimes it goes yeah. to that next generation that ability to ride well. Yeah, <laughs> didn't didn't land with me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Well, Cindy, this was such a wonderful conversation. I, I really appreciate you taking some time um, with me and uh, for our listeners out there. It, it was so fun, and, and I know that people will be blessed and encouraged by, by what you shared. Well, thank you, Pastor Nate. It was equally enjoyable for me, and thanks for allowing me to come and spend this time with you. Awesome. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Burning Hearts Podcast. Um, until next time. Keep the fire burning. Mm -hmm.